G'day, you wonderful human. It's Matty C here. We love that you make time to fit us at the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show into your day, and we want to help even more fantasy football players, no matter where you're from. To do this, we need your help. If you can tell just one person this week about our show and share where you listen to us, we'd be really appreciative of the support. Testimony from you who already join us and are part of our team really does help us reach new people. Also, giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app helps more people find the show, and it's more effective than you'd think. It's free, costs nothing, and takes just a moment of your time. We'd really love if you could help us so we can keep helping more people. Now, we ain't here for a haircut. Let's get into it. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. You know what you should do? You should buy lower Jack Prescott and CD Lamb. So I just kind of feel like a bit of a genius over here. Um, and it kind of feels like you've just put the crown on my head. Thanks, mate. <laughs> for now, let's get into the pastries. Enough yeah. trolling you for now. Aussie? Uh, if I was Taylor, man, I- I'd be a bit disappointed there, Maddie, and you. That if he's got to drag both our asses through this whole season, at least I'm really skinny and Mark's very short. NFL? <laughs> I don't think penis pills will help this time, though, mate. So maybe keep that off the Description. I've got plenty. Fantasy. Assume I'm going to be back in about a minute, uh, but if not, it'll be about, I don't know, 45 <laughs> to 50 minutes, however long an episode is. That's a pretty standard anal probe time. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. I know that sounds absolutely stupid. Unfortunately, the aliens aren't going to like what they find in there. <laughs> For the Aussie Gridiron Network, this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. It's the show where we actually don't know if Josh Allen is excellent or a horrible footballer. We really don't know. It's hard to tell. But to find out, you've got me, Matty C, and along with me is only the voice of Australian Gridiron and the finest, finest commentator on the island, it's Manjot Melly. Welcome back, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for the start of the week. It's a real nail-biter this week. No no foreskin, of course. But, <laughs> you know, it came down to the final drive of Monday Night Football and, you know, a lot of raging going on at the Denver Broncos offense. Like, God dang. And it all came down to one costly mistake by one of my starters. So hopefully this week's a better week for me and I can actually get some wins. Yeah, it's been close. These last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of points, which I really love. Hey, the other member of our trio of football analysts here is only the finest on the entire island. In fact, Possibly in the whole Southern Hemisphere. I'm, I'm yet to find a, a better and more credible one in the Southern Hemisphere. It's Taylor Goodall. Welcome, mate. Welcome. Uh, if you ask Marky Mark, he'd be able to tell you if Josh Allen's a good footballer. And uh, we both know what side he fits on that. But yeah. for, for me, uh, yeah, uh, he definitely has some sort of weird God complex. And he just decides <laughs> to air it out whenever he probably shouldn't. So, look, mate, I can't wait to get in the start of the week. I yeah. know you guys are going to call bullshit on this straight away. But I actually enjoy it more this year that it's close than last year. I know it was great to come in here and talk shit and, you know, act like I was a god, which to be fair, I am, let's be honest. Uh, But let's back that up. (laughs) I lost a little bit of law like in the second half of the year last year because, like, even though you guys would come in and you'd, you know, act like you're keen, but if you weren't a chance of actually winning, the whole thing it kind of lost it a little bit whereas this year like it is as close as it gets like you know we were basically all tied halfway through the year and then I kind of had that run for three weeks in a row where I won every week and that kind of put me in a good spot but now all of a sudden you know you guys are coming back and it's really really close and I I think that makes the segment better um so yeah, yeah really looking forward to because it really got me deep into deep diving and looking a bit bit harder even if it was five or ten percent harder uh, it, got me, 
that's that's a bit harder. So no, no, five percent harder. Wow. And that's more than the pills. The penis pills don't get you that far. Exactly, yeah. This is Taylor having okay, to muster okay, it up himself. Five percent harder and longer, mate. <laughs> that's it. And if it persists for more than four hours, see a different doctor. Uh, so, look, I, I think that that's kind of the beauty here, man. Chuck, we're in the man's head. We're in the man's head. We got some free rent in there, mate. How good's that? This guy was impenetrable. Yeah, I mean, somehow, some way, we've got to beat Taylor. At some point in starts of the week, we've been trying to gang up every single week, and man, it, it was rough, bro. It's rough out there. It is rough out there. We'll pull up a scorecard in a minute. Um, but before we do, I want to get into. We've got a couple of mailbag questions, and I love getting these in at the start of the show, trying to help people out. Um, we air here on Sunday Oz time, so it's a Saturday US time. So we, we try and get ahead of people's games and lineup decisions. And I'm going to drag it in. I've got two questions. Where's the mailman? Need some advice? Would you rather have a small slice of a lovely cake? Who has the mail? Or would you rather a huge piece of a dog shit cake? Thanks to your questions at Pastry Press NFL. And Aussie NFL Fantasy. I guess this is kind of a shit cake, but it can be a decent cake too. First one, oh, you'll love this. Coming from Lucy Brucey Moosey. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Giddy up. Hey. Um, he wants to know a rest of season question. I love these ones. Uh, James Cook or Saquon the rest of season? It's uh, it's so funny, right? Like, if you just asked me this last week, it wouldn't have even been close. Like, because <laughs> like, everything was going wrong for James Cook. Like, everything looked like he just, he obviously doesn't get any goal work. Like, you know, I think they had a game against the Bengals where he, like, had barely any yards and yeah. you just thought, oh, this is just going completely wrong for him. And Saquon at that point, even though you knew he was in a bad offense, he was just getting everything. So, you just thought he's, you felt like his floor was like 10 points, even though you didn't have a big ceiling. So, you just thought, like, he was a guaranteed player every week. James Cook is almost a sit because you just don't know what's happening. And then you had James Cook obviously fumble last week, which and then he was in the doghouse for a couple of different uh, possessions. But yeah. after that, they got him involved and he was amazing. Like he just he was just torching that Denver defense in the second half. And the cha- the change in OC is interesting for me. Like I, I just have this feeling that they're gonna look at that and go, Are we actually like being stupid by not giving James Cook the ball a bit more? So I, I do wonder moving forward if we're gonna see more out of James Cook. I'm still gonna go with Saquon. I'm still gonna take the talent of him and the fact he is obviously getting everything the Giants, but the problem for me with Saquon is we just saw what it can look like. <laughs> like my my hope for Saquon owners moving forward was that, like I said, it was a minimum of ten because he just got dump offs and you know had every bit of the rushing attack. But they they just got boat raced last week. Yeah. And I could see it happening a lot. And 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 then like when they're losing by like two scores after a quarter, the the running game has to get basically put away. And then you're relying on you know, DeVito to be actually competent enough to actually even dump the ball off to Saquon. Like you saw him, he did nothing last week against Dallas because they were just getting destroyed. So look, that's, that's the worry moving forward, but I'm still taking him because I still think he's got the the biggest talent and, and I still just think he's going to have a bigger share and I know he's going to have a bigger share. Whether that share of is of nothing, we'll wait and see, but 
I, I just don't know. Dog shit cake happened. argument again. <laughs> I just, exactly, yeah. We just always revert back to the shit cake. But in this case, I'm going to take the side of the shit cake because I don't know still. Because it's big. What, I don't know what James Cook is. Like, I don't know what this looks like moving forward. I would like, I hope they use him more because they should, but I still don't know. So I, I'm going to take what I know, and that's what Saquon's going to get everything. All right, the captain. Hey, Manjot, we've heard the uh, the volume versus like well the, the talent conversation too. Who's more talented? Um, which way are you falling on this? This is it sounds like it's actually a bit more you know a bit more conjecture than you might think. Yeah, I mean James Cook did bounce back very well last week, but I, I am agreeing with Taylor on this one. I think Saquon's natural talent and everything combined with how the lack of faith of the coaching staff with the Buffalo Bills had in James Cook to just. Bench him after a fumble like it was high school. Honestly, I think those sort of factors really edge it towards Saquon, in my opinion. So yeah, I'd go Saquon as well. I, mean, I would bench you if you fumble it. So don't don't go too hard on the Buffalo staff for doing that cookie. Oh, no. I'd just bench you. Fuck it. If you can't hang onto the ball, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I love you too much, brother. I'd feed you the ball again and go, confidence, man. It's a confidence game. That's Mate, funny. hard to argue. I, I'm still a Saquon believer, even though the team that he's playing for now looks somehow more dog shit than any other time through the year. Oh, my God. They just look horrendous. But someone on that team's going to get a bunch of volume, and I, I don't trust their fucking receivers, I'll tell you that. So, um, so I kind of got to trust Saquon. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Love Cookie, but that's it. Lucy, Brucey, Moosey. We're all on Saquon. Uh, the second one comes from Los Cardinales, and he says, can I just simply start Ty Chandler this week? Manjot, can you? Ty Chandler, oh, man. I, I don't know about Ty Chandler. I mean, he had a decent game last week. I mean, he was doing he he was doing what he could. And I think with, with Chandler going the end zone one time, I don't think I'd buy the hype that much, especially considering they're going up against Dembo, who really tightened the screws on defense. And with what Dr. Goodcall said earlier this week with fantasy fade, I mean, if a lot of that ball is going to Hawkinson in the pass game as well, that doesn't leave many passing opportunities. So, yeah, there's a lot going on here that suggests that I wouldn't start Chandler if I if I was to be that guy's manager. I mean, it, this got mentioned with the earlier show in the week too, that Denver actually the worst against running backs statistically because they ate all the Miami Dolphins running back stats. Do we believe that's still the case though, Tay? You just fire everyone up against the Broncos running defense? I am going to disagree with Manjot here. I actually do have interest in Ty Chandler. Uh, I've picked him up in multiple leagues this week and I actually do think I'll play him. Uh, I don't believe Madison will play. Um, Basically outside of Brock Purdy, which I assume he's Superman or something. Uh, it, no one else has got concussed and and played the next week, so I'm assuming he's not going to play. Uh, even though Denver has been far better in general uh, defensive for the last you know three or four weeks now, the only spot that they are still leaking some points is against running backs. So I actually think the Vikings are going to run the ball a lot. Uh, obviously, you've got JJ returning, we believe, and there is Hawkinson. So there is still going to be passing work. But I think Ty Chandler's going to get basically everything. I don't think, you know, is it Nikongu that's going to back him up? You, when you saw 
Madison go down, it basically was all tight Chandler. Like he was, you know, yeah. getting everything. So I, I do believe he's the lead back, and I just think he's going to volume his way to enough uh, this week. And like I said, I think Denver is really, really tightening everything else. Uh, but I think they're allowing running backs to still run on them a bit. Obviously, nowhere near as much as they were earlier in the year. But I think that's the opportunity the Vikings have in this game. And I think Ty Chandler's actually going to have a very good game. So I'm I'm actually more bullish on Ty Chandler this week. Hmm. Right. Well, sounds like he can start Ty Chandler. I mean, yeah, it, this is the thing about concussions is we've seen so rarely, uh, especially in the last two seasons, play gets concussed. They're pretty much just missing this week. It's, it's taken some pretty outrageous things to happen for that to change. So I think until you hear otherwise, you've got to kind of consider Madison out. And we know that this is not a great rushing defense, uh, but that also the Vikings, they're going to have their full complement of receiving options out there. So you'd like to think that that should mean that there's room for the backs to get out, you can't just stack the box when you've got to consider all these receiving options, even though it's the pastronaut and not Kirk Cousins. I kind of feel like uh, the answer to this question might be a simple yes to you, Los Cardinales. So it's, go get him. Can I just say it's not a ceiling play, and the fact that Dobbs obviously runs the ball as a quarterback too obviously takes a bit away as well. So it's one of those ones where I'm quite confident you're getting somewhere between like eight to twelve points. Like I, I have confidence in that and. It just happens to be there's some leagues where uh, I'm sort of low on running backs and I'm just happy with that, like with given the receiving talent I've got in those teams. So I'm, I'm not, I wasn't trying to say like I was fully against Manjoff thinking like I can't believe he went against some guy that I think is going to dominate this week. But I, I just think that the, he's going to have a good enough game for you to start. And honestly, if you're thinking about playing Ty Chandler, I don't think it's that you're in a great situation at running back. Mm. 100%. It's probably because you're the Madison owner or you've had yeah. just somebody die. Just somebody die. You were the Nick Chubb guy or something and you, you've been trying to piecemeal it since then. Um, can't imagine that your life is fantastic if you've got this decision. But uh, go for it, Los Cardinales, if it is the difference between you making the playoffs and not. Uh, I'm sure you'd feel glad that you died without, you know, leaving the stone unturned. But you, you'll probably be glad you kicked it over. Fellas, it's that special time of the week. Beautiful. It's time for Starts of the Week. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. B. John Robinson was the first string running back. City Lamb, Devante Adams, Garrett Wilson, and Armand Ross and Brown. DK, Debo, Keenan Allen. Aussie. And then CMC. I'm going to go Debo. Equidistant. Bet you didn't think you'd be hearing that word when you got up this morning. NFL. Gibson, Dylan. Travis Kelsey goes at five. Charbonnet and Penny. Yeah. <laughs> I know it because you do not want to take Devonta Smith. You will just not fucking do it. Fantasy. Chig Onkonkwo and Damien Harris go next to wrap out the 12th round. Alan Lazard and Kendra Miller go in the 13th. All I know is Russell Wilson's shit. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. It's an absolute <laughs> position, 100%. Oh, mate. It is on like DK, Donkey Kong. Because as you all know, well, maybe you don't all know, but last week there was a repeat of something glorious. (laughs) (laughs) What a slide. (laughs) Uh, Taylor remains first for the fifth week in a row, which is almost sixth week in a row if you include the week we're all first. So, you know, that's not the repeat of the glorious thing. And Taylor coming third is not the most glorious thing either, actually. He um, he actually puts up a terrific score. Tay, your team, 53 points. Talk us through it. Yeah, it was one that I was pretty happy with. Um, 
you know, they were all guys that were at the top of my list uh, for the position. So I was happy to get them. Like Jared Goff, uh, one thing that uh, I definitely mentioned on the show last week, I'm pretty sure I actually made the bold call that the Chargers and the Lions was going to be the highest score of the week. Uh, and yeah, you did. So I was pretty, I was pretty happy with that. And obviously, taking Goff, I wasn't exactly happy at halftime because they buddy had twenty eight points and he didn't have any of the touchdowns, which was absolutely absurd. But you know, because the Chargers kept up, he all of a sudden was able to throw a couple in the second half, which was great. Uh twenty one point two. You're like, no, sorry, twenty one point one two. You're definitely happy with that out of your quarterback in this in this obviously standard scoring league. So. Yeah, no, I, was, I was very happy with that start. Um, obviously, Javante played in the last game of the week. He, he honestly looked really, really good. He got a very late touchdown. He actually got a receiving touchdown, which obviously boosted his numbers a bit. But he, he, he looked quite good the whole game. You know, I didn't expect him to get some huge score, but he looked like he was always going to get around that 10 to sort of 12 sort of mark. And then obviously had that big drive at the end to get 21 points. So I was happy with that. Dalton Schultz, uh, I really liked his matchup. I really liked, you know, he's obviously connected to CJ Stroud at the moment, uh, which is amazing, and he's just getting so much target share. So I, I thought he was a great option at tight end. He goes out and gets 11.1, and he wasn't reliant on a touchdown. He didn't have a touchdown. So to still get over 10 points without one uh, is pretty, pretty good in the tight end position. Yeah. Uh, what really, really let me down was the goose egg. <laughs> Yeah. Out of your wide receiver <laughs> position with uh, Yawn Horn Dotson, are we going to call it? Uh, it was definitely, um, he definitely slept on that game. On oh. yeah, not son. <laughs> I saw a stat. He had the he had the highest snap share, a uh, snap count out of the, the whole receiving core as well. He played something like ninety five percent of the snaps. And just didn't do anything. It was back to what you saw a few weeks ago. Like it felt like he was finally out of that. Uh, where he was just getting left for dead by everyone else. And it looked like for the last two or three weeks, he was building to something. And then this was just, you know, terrible. Honestly, for anyone that took a shot on him, I obviously picked him up in a lot of waivers and things like that. Uh, it was it was awful to see this because it was a shootout. Like, it was a game that really had a lot of opportunity for yeah. players. For some reason, Brian Robinson was the leading receiver at like 100 yards, mm-hmm. which was absolutely insane. But... Yeah, look, it was it was a tough watch, and in the end, he only had two targets and caught none of them, and that's that's just how it goes sometimes. Unbelievable. He's had two games like that where he's had one or two targets, caught neither, and then he was just not part of the offense for the rest of the day. And in all of them, has like these high snap percentages, but uh, so he's out there. Uh, so just just odd, but hey, mate, fifty three points is at times that's been enough to win a week, and there's definitely nothing wrong with your scoring. It would definitely would have been aided by a little bit of help from anybody at wide receiver, but uh, <laughs> mate, sometimes these weeks happen, and if it's not wide receiver, maybe it's fucking tight end that delivers you a, a big old set of zeros. But mate, a, a terrific score, and you mentioned Brian Robinson, mate. I know a guy who started Brian Robinson in his starts team. <laughs> Man, shot. Where are you, mate? Hey, I'm here. I'm here. Yes, sir. Oh, man. It was real close this week. First off, Mayo Mahomes. Oh, man. Very (laughs) disappointing. 6.96. I mean, will you try and make like a 69 joke right there? Will, come on, bro. Gronk is laughing somewhere, though. You know, Gronk is smiling somewhere. He is. He is. Gronk would be smiling at what I just said, 100%. Look, Mayo Mahomes, he's supposed to be better than that. And, yeah, he just let me down. It was horrendous. Uh, my man, Brian Robinson, my boy, 
just went out there 27.7 points after I switched him in very late. Yeah. It almost gave me Don to Foreman, which would have lost me starts of the week against Taylor. Luckily, I changed out, you know, while my last minute sort of switches. I think I might do that again today, you know, just for the... (laughs) Just pick a guy and then just completely juke us at the end. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I did a, I did with Bryce Young and Matt Jones and it didn't matter either way that time. So, yeah, I mean, for we could go for a hat-trick with it and it'll work, I reckon. <laughs> Brian Robinson, better than advertised. 27 and a half points. While Levis goes up and throws up, not quite seven. It gives you a decent start in there. There's 35 yeah. points almost there on your way to try and track down as many as you can get, not embarrassed at your wide receiver either, mate. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with tight end first because I want to taste him. He was 4.3 and really he wasn't as advertised. They just didn't use him at all against Minnesota. They just, they just like left him for dead, essentially. His so entire weird. like snap count, his target shares, everything was just went downhill real fast so i lost the allure of taste of their wide receiver though this is where it got very juicy in monday yeah. night football i was chasing down our eventual win i'm sorry to spoil it the eventual <laughs> win i was chasing down and i was real close yeah i came up two points short colton Sutton got me to 17.3 i needed like 1.6 more yeah to catch up for the win but what happened was sudden fumbled, and that fumble cost me my entire week. I had this in the bag. the bag. Yeah, yeah, I Just had it in the bag. Dropped his Fumbled the bag exactly. Oh, that was the roughest thing all week. Honestly, watching that, I was like, "Oh my god, come on, sudden, why, bro?" He, I was, I was fuming. I, I remember I said in the group chat, I was just like. Fuck, because like yeah. I was just so pissed. I saw that fumble. I was like, "There's no way I'm catching Maddie now, man." Yeah, oh, it's tough. Man. when you start losing points, it's hard to regain him. Like that, it's it's fine when you got a guy who's you know not terribly close, but you know he's got time to make it up. But once you've seen the guy score the points and then have him taken off, it's it's a real knife, isn't it? Like and then the there was like chasing. the last drive. There was a the last drive, and he. He had like a target that was six yards deep, and I was like, "Catch the damn ball!" And then it got knocked away from me. I'm like, "Fucking hell, man!" That I, was the I moment. Was that close yeah. as well. That that one was like that one hurt as well. Like that play was just I don't know. No one remembers that, but that was like on the last drive, and he it just got knocked away. I was like, "God damn it, man!" Not I like how problem. only Corton Sutton and Manjot Melly will remember that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Cortland will be thinking about it. Manjot will be thinking about it. No one else even noticed, but uh, I love that. It does set things up. Manjot gets 56.26 for, oh, look at this, Matty C. Oh, how about this? He starts Baker Mayfield. For the first time this year, someone's had the balls to start Baker Mayfield, um, and I've got 19 points for it. The Gus bus didn't quite do what I was hoping for. He scores me nine, but uh, he wasn't that involved, and um, yeah, he potentially wasn't the best addition, but Tank. Tank Dell goes out and throws up another 19. The, for the first time, for the longest time, I start Cole Komet. Cole Komet. Snags me another 10. Like, we just can't miss it tight end at the moment, guys. We're doing all right. Everyone's scoring uh, something. It's unbelievable. What is happening? I mean, tight end whispers. I get a 57.8, which is enough to slide in first this week. 
it's a double for me now. It's two weeks in a row, which is great because someone's had to apply the pressure to Tay a bit. And we learned at the start of the week here that uh, Tay's been feeling the pressure a bit. The- NBA, NBA jam rules. You're on fire. Oh, mate, this is that, you know, who's heading up? Um, it's slow player catch-up, I think, is what's actually happening. <laughs> if you haven't done that on Mario Kart, where you're practically lapping everyone, and then all of a sudden, everyone gets <laughs> everyone red shells. You hit every fucking gopher. Blue shell. The fucking blue shell. Yeah, God fucking. Damn. The, the PTSD from Mario Kart Wii, man. Yeah. Oh, that that was the hardest one of all of them, because the rubber banding <laughs> was so insane. Where last place could get into first, so I would always start tanking at the start and then come back at the end, like literally, that sort of thing. Like that's what it took to win those games. I think that's what I'm going to try and do in starts as well. Yeah, 100. percent He's even going to do it with his lineup picks. He was saying he's going to pick a guy and then he's going to rubber band himself someone else in. So you know, this it's a ball strategy, card. <laughs> Shake and bake. Check out his leaderboard because Taylor's got 508 points practically, right? And 22 competition points. Uh, We've closed the gap on him a bit though, man, Jot. Now there is, I've got 501 and 20 competition points. So just just two behind. And then, man, Jot, you've got 483. So, like, you can throw a blanket over all of us. There's 24 some points between us three analysts over 10 weeks of picking people. And the competition points is Taylor 22, Maddie 20, Manjot 18. It is so close. It is exciting as hell. And we're, we're running this thing all the way through to week 17. Yeah, I, I did the calculations this week, actually. If if I get three points the next couple of weeks, Taylor gets one point each the next two <laughs> weeks, and then you get two points the next two weeks, Maddie. Then we'll all yeah. be tied on 24 and we'll be in for grandstand finish. So yeah. hopefully the fantasy gods give me that sort of reprieve because it's getting a bit dire now. I really is, need mate. something. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the sort of stage where, yeah, definitely something has to start working. Before Jeez, the fantasy, fantasy gods will be shitting all over me in that situation. <laughs> well, yeah. The fantasy gods are going to smile on Manjo because you know your boy Maddie is giving Manjo number one pick this week. Yeah. Give it another one pick. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Straight into it. Straight into it. He's going to get the number one pick. Tay, you're going to get the number two. And surprise! I was expecting the arsehole end. Woo! Well, Matty C is going to volunteer for the arsehole end because I spent a lot of time with my arsehole in ice this week, so it's been on my mind. The man job penetrated me like nothing else. The 49ers penetrated me like nothing else. Um, this has been a small victory compared to all the losses I've taken. Um, and I'm just kind of like feeling like sharing it around. So, man job, amazingly now, you're on the clock. Yeah, and you know what? I had the easiest first overall pick in the entire history of this program, I reckon. A 42% start percentage. So, he is legally allowed in our rules he is quarterback free on the season. He has a five-star matchup in <laughs> this week as well on Fantasy Pros. I'm, of course, talking about Sam Howell. Ooh, Easy number one pick of the world. Like Damn. I was like, there we go. You know, I, I wasn't going to mess up my start percentages this time, all right? I read the right column. Yes. It was in 42%. So he's completely fine, boys. So, you know, I'm <laughs> after the it. Derek I'm Carr it. incident. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking it. Fuck it. Fucking yeah, hell. Fuck <laughs> We're going to need science to explain the Derek Carr incident. Uh, Tay, that puts you on the clock. And I actually kind of feel like Manjot really nailed that. Like, I feel like that's the kind of guy you would love to get a slice of. So I feel like Manjot's done us some justice here in the, trying to disrupt the Taylor success wagon. 
So I didn't have him on my list, but like it wasn't, you know, it, oh, that's not to say that I don't think it's a great pick. It is a great pick. Like I, I can't imagine the Giants really doing anything to stop him. The only thing that would stop him is the fact that they don't need to do anything because the Giants yeah. are like the one team that can't actually do anything against that commander's defense. <laughs> so, but the thing is, I could also see them being a 21 nil and Dow's got fucking three touchdowns at half time. So, yeah. Like it's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that pick. I think it's great, and like you've just seen him with what he's done over the entire season. So, uh, yeah, great pick. Uh, I've basically got two positions. Uh, obviously, I would have taken back to back if I was in third. I'm just wondering yeah. what of these two positions I'd want to take. There's kind of two guys at one position that I am looking at, whereas I'm only really, really keen on one and the other. So. You guys obviously have talked about getting me rattled. Yeah. I'm going to take a tight end with my first pick. <laughs> I'm taking Trey McBride. Trey McBrizzle. Uh, Woo! I, I oh, just wow. really want to double down on this take. I really, really think he's an outlier at tight end, for the ne- at least for the next couple of weeks while Ertz is out. I really don't understand why Ertz would all of a sudden not make him great for the rest of the year too, but... I, could, I just know what that team's like. Whenever Zach Ertz is there, he just freaking gets way too much, even though he's an old man. He's got old, saggy balls. But uh, Trey McBride just looks wonderful. And the fact that Kyle is there, um, oh, yeah, I just think he's going to the moon. <laughs> so Zach Ertz and I have that in common with the saggy balls. But uh, yeah. <laughs> nice to know I'm not alone. Uh, wow, man, Joe, look, we've done it, mate. We've fucking done it. Yeah. <laughs> you will be into taking a tight end of my first pick. Wow. And this is wow. where he's going to go to try and feel like he's getting an edge. That, oh, is, that is good for me because I was – I always leave tight end to last at just every every week anyway yeah. or third. So, you know, Taylor, or oh, thank you. Thank you. You're making my life a little bit easy, I reckon. Guinness uh, is I'd- booming. Like I said, it was just the one position. I thought there was one guy I love so much more than everyone else. And I just thought, if it comes to me, I'm going to take it. Yeah. Now, this Fair gives enough. me the best two picks I could have hoped for because I love getting my wide receiver and my running back sorted, especially if I can get the first pick of both because I kind of feel like, you know, if there's sort of positions where often there's some obvious people. And I think the obvious running back is Jerome Ford. And I think the obvious wide receiver, and I'd had him written down yesterday at 47%, he bumped to 51 today, is Tyler Boyd. So at the risk of being Dr. Goodcall's little, you know, penis pill popper um, and and just, you know, (laughs) worshipping my drug giver, um, I'm just going ahead and doing that. I'm going to feel good about it. They're 53 and 51% owned. I know that they're going to fit the segment well. And they're, they're the obvious choices to me at positions that I love to get early. Well, surprise, surprise, they are literally at the tippy top of my list of both positions. <laughs> yeah, and like, so I, I get why you do the tight end, but I just kind of think, man, why wouldn't you take one of these two first? It just, I, I kind of feel great that something's gotten in your head, man. I feel like that's a rare, a rare weak moment for you, mate. It's, it's a clear, it's a clear, uh, I guess you would say, oh, I'm red, or I can't even figure yeah. the word I was going to. Can't speak English. It Look at a, it's fucked. Uh, What's the word? I literally can't even think of the word. I've, I've just run banana. It's a banana. Banana skin. I don't know. Uh, I'm just no, saying words. I'm just saying words. <laughs> Herpes. <laughs> Penis pill. <laughs> it's I not a pig sandwich. Cannot even think of the word when you literally come into something Leaky like asshole. this with a plan. It's not the word I was looking for, but anyway. <laughs> um, something I had- unplanned. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, you I guess aren't helping me at all. 
Yeah. Uh, no, that's the point of the segment. We're not helping anymore. Please, strategy. Strategy's word I was on book. Got there eventually. Uh, Thank you. It made sense to me because there's two positions where I like a lot of guys and I just don't even care if I have to pick them last. Uh, like I said, those two were at the top, but there's other guys that I don't think are that much of a drop-off for me. So that's why I went McBride mm. because if I was taking any other tight end, uh, to me, they were a massive drop-down. Like I said, I... I just have conviction on McBride this week. So uh, I will go to running back. Um, that was the other position that I kind of liked a couple this weekend. And there was I've got four in on my list. And the, the bottom two, I'm just a bit more iffy on. Uh, I'm going to go Devin Singletary. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, it's mainly because he's against Arizona. And everything I'm seeing about Damian Pierce is that he's probably going to be out again. And even if he's back... I, I cannot see how you just had a guy have 30 odd rushing attempts for 150 yards and and they needed all of it. Like they, they ended up in a very, very close game with the Bengals and they relied on him. And I don't understand why they wouldn't again. And against this Arizona team that is the second, sorry, third last against the run. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Devin Singletary for sure. I don't know if there were two guys named Singletary in the team last week for the Texans and it was actually Devin Doubletary. Yeah, hey, see the joke there? Yeah. <laughs> Took me a while to set that one up. Manjot, you're up. Yeah. Uh, Devin Singletary was on my list, honestly. Same. I had him up there. I had him up there because, I mean, they're playing Arizona. So, yeah. There's, he there's was two on my lot, list, yeah. Yeah, quite a lot of garbage going on Arizona. So, I don't have to take a running back because you nope. boys have taken it. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go to wide receiver tight end stack then. You know, really try and get into get into the wide receiver tight end stack sort of things. Uh, it's worked for Matty C in the past. We just take two from the same team, so you know, just just put it out there. <laughs> Love it out there. <laughs> Supreme. Yeah, 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 I've done it before, and it works. Mwah, chef's kiss, mate. <laughs> just totally checking my star percentages, just to make sure. No, you he's know, had a look I'm, at the I'm star not... rating, and now he's into the star percentages. This, this is yeah, the man job moment. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go very deep here. I'm going to Noah Brown. I'm really liking wow. him. He, yeah, he's playing against Arizona. I mean, Texans against Cardinals, and I reckon that one's actually going to be quite a bit of a shootout. And honestly, I think Noah Brown. He's got twenty-seven point three and twenty-four point two in his last two games. So even with Tank Dell doing pretty well, and he's got out of the segment this week. By the way, boys, yeah, because he's got sixty percent star percentage. Yeah, I had him on that too. <laughs> yeah, I had to let everyone know. But look, half of that Noah Brown has. He has half of that. He has. 31%. So, yeah, I'm very happy with having someone like Noel Brown. Hopefully, he goes off again and doesn't doesn't mess around, you know, too much just because I'm starting him this week. So, Noah, please still be doing well, my bro. I mean, gosh, he was a pretty hot asset on wave wires this week, and you can understand why that Texans offense kind of went boom, boom. You got the chance to take a tight end now, brother. What you going to do? Oh, Yeah. Got that. I didn't find out who's playing the Raiders. Oh, it's Miami. Miami <laughs> doesn't have like a tight end, so I can't. I can't go to my default. Durham Smythe. Yes. Yeah, Durham Smythe. I mean, that's the pick. I... There it is. You all heard it. 
I say yeah, that, but I could seriously see him having my two dust years this week just to piss off any like owners of any Fuck us off, yeah, 100%. Honestly, if he did, though, that would be like the funniest shit. Like, honestly, I, I'd. I'd be like really. I'd laugh my head off if Doris Smith got two touchdowns after I like mentioned the Raiders thing. I haven't, I haven't taken a tight end against the Raiders in like a million years as well. So like it's been a long ass time since I've done here's that. Here's a story. So in people's dynasty last week, like I've I've never been hit by bias harder in my entire life. Like I literally was playing Taysom Hill at the quarterback position, and, and I I had to move like all I had Kelsey obviously on a buy, so I had to then move Tyler Conklin into my t- one of my tight end oh. slots. And and they were playing the Raiders, so I'm like, man, is is this going to be the man job thing? Is Tyler Conklin all of a sudden going to like ball out? Anyway, I end up seven for seventy, and yeah. I won by one point four three points. Oh, piss off! <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> it was like I needed Javante to like I can't remember what it was. Like he had to score under like nineteen point four three, and he scored like eighteen or something in half PPR. <laughs> ah, unbelievable. <laughs> oh man. I I think I'm just gonna go for baseline play here. I'm gonna go with Chig. Honestly, oh, I, I'm just... Chig, 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 yeah. I know it's very it's very, very, you know, sort of sort of out of left field because he's only ten percent started. But against Jacksonville, who's sixth worst against tight end, I think there's something he I mean, he's just like his entire season, he's been averaging like five points per game, six points per game. So, honestly, I'd rather that than, like, four points per game. Or like, whatever I had last week at Taysom, like, I- I'm just going to go with Chig. I mean, like, it's better. Like, I mean, I hate tight end boys. Let me be honest. I'm probably tanking my week just by taking Chig. Like, this might be the worst pick of all time in starts or might be the best pick of all time. So, I'm just going to take a shot on Chig. So, you know, I have a bit of skin in the game, sorry, with uh, Titans and Jaguars this week. Gosh, have a go at it. Chig, we haven't seen his name on this list since. Hey, do you remember when we drafted him in the Astro League this year, man, John? Yeah. Yikes. That was ugly. That was – wasn't that last year? No, it was uh, definitely me. I drafted him this year. Uh, must have been last year. Yeah. Uh, we, when we did we draft Kittle. We drafted Kittle. We didn't yeah. need another tight end, man. Yeah, you're right, 10%. So, you've got your team's looking like this. You've got Sam Howell, Noel Brown, and Chico Conquist. Love that. that yeah. I had to work hard for that. That joke was not very good. Um, running back still to go. Tay, you've got a quarterback and a wide receiver still to go. But yep. with Noah Brown and Tyler Boyd gone, no pressure on the wide receiver. Not at all. I was actually going to start with asking a question. Uh, any chance we can make this a super flex? Because uh, I've got a few quarterbacks I'm really, really deciding between here. It's uh, <laughs> kind of almost similar to last week. Um, I feel like there's actually some pretty decent options uh, that definitely fit the bill for this segment. So I'm just kind of running through who I might want to take. There's sort of like one that's like an absolute staple of who like of this segment who I think has got an amazing matchup. But because of who I took in the first uh, round, I'm going to stack that bitch up and go with Kyler uh, up against the Texans. 31% started. So people are obviously still got a lot of questions on him, um, but I loved what I saw on the eye test. 
And I think uh, pairing him with Trey McBride against the Texans, and I think that could be a shootout. Uh, I think it's a good opportunity. Yeah, look, I, I can't fault it. I had Kyler on my list, and I, I, I had him pretty low on my list, though, because I still think there's better options out there, and I don't have the pressure of thinking that I want to try and double dip on the touchdowns with a tight end that kind of leads you to that. So I don't mind that this is kind of where we've gotten to with you. <laughs> we've, I feel like this is not what you thought was going to happen when you woke up this morning and I'm happy about it. <laughs> I just, I think it's clear that I've, I've been talking up this Cardinals offense. And from what I saw last week, I, I think I'm just sort of doubling down on my own takes. And that's kind of what I want to do in this segment anyway. Uh, so if I can get the two guys that I've been talking up, and from what I saw in the week one with Kyle last week, uh, I just thought it was a good opportunity just to really, really double down on it and go this week and starts of the week, and we'll find out if it was stupid or not soon. Yeah, well, I think you're going to probably be very happy with where I'm going with this. Um, I'm also – I'm at that position now where it doesn't really matter what I take when, right, because – Two positions uh, are taken um, at uh, two players are taken at both positions now on my way back. So it doesn't matter which order I take them in, and I'm just wrapping my team up. the The tight end's a nice, easy one. I've I've picked between a couple of people pretty often through this year because they've just kind of been readily available. These guys are both in that fifty percent sort of range. The two guys who are on my list at the moment, and I'm going to lean in to the Njoku experience at Pittsburgh. I know that, uh, you know, there's just... It, their offense is going to be a bit different this week. And if there's one target that a rookie quarterback kind of feels like they can get a ball to, it's kind of the guy in the middle of the field. Um, so I'm, I'm just banking on that. So I'm going to take Njoku, who's currently started in 48% of leagues. And then on the way back, this guy started in... 48% of leagues. Oh, my gosh. Really? Nah, it's 100% true. His name's Trevor Lawrence, and he's going up against the dog shit Titans. And, uh, well, the secondary is not that bad, only because, you know, they're not a particularly great team. But, you know, since Levis has started and they've started getting some points up there, now all of a sudden um, teams have to put in a bit more effort to, to put them away. So uh, I'm going to, for the first time this year, where he's actually kind of allowed, I'm taking my boy. Lawrence has been... Unbelievably shit for fantasy this year. It's been yeah, exactly been almost unbelievable. Like, and 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 it's so funny because you can't really look at him in real life and go he's been shit because like the team's obviously you know sort six and three. It's actually going quite well, and, and ETN's obviously just eaten so many of those touchdowns. I do think this is the perfect week to go him because I yeah. don't think that ETN's just going to dominate on the ground against the Titans. Don't get me wrong. He could yeah, still take the touchdowns. Like if he, you know, gets pulled up two yards short and then all of a sudden he's running it in, you could still see that. I'm not guaranteeing it. But if there was a get-right game for Florence in fantasy, it would be against the Titans because they seem to just do that for fantasy quarterbacks or just anyone that, you know, normally is predicated on the running game. So yeah. It's, it's a pretty strategic take, yeah. I think it fully fits. Like, obviously, you said the star percentage anyway, and, like, I, I even if you hadn't told me that, I would have just said it fits because he's actually been a hindrance to a lot of fantasy teams this mm. year. So, um, I, I think he fits fine. Uh, in Joku, I I wouldn't have touched him with a 100-foot pole with DTR being the, uh, um, being the quarterback, to be honest. that that Like, go for it. Like, that's absolutely fine by me. Yeah. Um, 
we can't all have trade McBride's, mate. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> 100%. I mean, the other guy on my list is uh, is Cole Command. I took him last week. That's that's who's on my list too. And honestly, it's a point because I want to sing it. That's honestly main part. <laughs> but he's against the Lions who are 22nd against tight end as well, 51% started. So I did have him lower on my list, but... Um, also yeah. didn't mind a bit of Musgrave, but like I said, I just think McBride's a level above to me um, for that segment. Uh, Big finish. Gonna, I think I'm just going to go ahead and take Halton Sutton <laughs> uh, because I, uh-huh. I feel like I've watched you guys both take him in this segment, and I don't know what it is. Like when you guys take him, I never feel like that uncomfortable, but I go and watch him and I just feel like he just gets so many targets. And he does. Uh, I, the Vikings, even though Flores has definitely made their defense better, I 100% agree with that. Uh, but I, I still think they're beatable and I think you need to pass on them. I think they're actually pretty good at defending the run. Uh, I think you've really, really got to air it out against them. And, Colton Sutton, to me, outside of that one fumble, I think he just looks great. That touchdown he caught was ridiculous. Um, 40% started. Yeah, I just I think people still have question marks. I just liked him over some of the guys that I had on the list. Um, so, yeah, he's here. I'll finish my team up with Colton yeah. Sutton. He's actually kind of been a real diamond in this segment this year, hasn't he? Like, he hasn't really – anytime we picked him, he hasn't let us down. He's been great. I can't believe he's only yeah, started he hasn't 40% played of the himself. He hasn't played himself out of the contention either. 100%. So, I just kind of want to take to trade for him in some leagues at the moment. Just If he started in so few leagues, he must be totally gettable. Like, I wonder what you got to part with to get a bit of Cortland Sutton. And fuck, maybe yeah, I'm mad enough yeah. to go do it. For sure. All right, let's get the big finish on with Manjot at running back. His team is Sam Howell, Noel Brown, and Chig. Oh, look, all right, boys, I need to ask a question. Yes, this one's going to be very controversial. <coughs> is Devon Achan allowed? Because he's only 10% started. There's the injury yeah. risk around him. And I, I, I'm not sure if he's pushing the parameters of this too much. Because, I mean, like, firstly, he's very uncertain to play at the moment. They say he's on track to play. He was limited in practice Wednesday as well, which is what the latest update is on him, which is not a surprise considering his, he was a rookie. So, for, sorry, not a surprise considering he's just coming back from injury. But yeah, it's it's really interesting. What what would what would you guys say about Devon Achan? I'm fine with it. I have no problems with it. Oh, I'm fine with okay. it just because there's so many question marks around it, and it's not just yeah. question marks around his health. It's question marks around like what it looks like with both Mostert and Jeff Wilson there. I don't think Jeff Wilson's going to get a huge role like with both of those other guys there, but yeah. it's still enough of a question mark. Uh, I don't think it's going to be ten percent because I think a lot of people have been waiting on him. I think a lot of people yeah. will put him in their lineup eventually when they know he's a hundred percent there, uh, but. Uh, there's enough question marks to me to make it fit for this week for sure, I think. Yeah, I reckon. Get the penis pills out and put him in. Done. Solved. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just take the risk, you know. I mean, if he doesn't play, then I'll eat the zero. I'm pretty happy with my team anyway. But, I mean, like, Maddie, he won with – wait, was Maddie the one that had a zero loss? No, it was Taylor. That was Maddie. me. Watson, yeah. I got lost. <laughs> yeah. And, and, well, no, mate. Maddie only okay. picks winners, mate. Fuck, what are you doing? What are you even saying? Watch well, your mouth. I, I definitely need to start winning. I need to start getting three points on the board. None of these twos anymore. None of these ones anymore. It's 
got to be two plus one. It's got to be three. So um, I'm going to take a massive risk with Devon Achan because, I mean, like with all the question marks around him, he's still a guy that in his lowest game, he got 21.5. That is with a 40-plus percent snap percentage. He had a 21.5 points. So if I can get 21 points of Devon Achan against a Raiders run defense, that's kind of mid. I'm kind of liking it. And especially if Fantasy Pros are giving it a five-star matchup and they're having him ranked ahead of Raheem Mostert as well. That also brings in the intrigue as well. So I'm, you know, Fantasy Pros is one of my go-tos. I use multiple sources, boys, but the star system never fails, I reckon. It's it's always one of the best things about this starts of the week is whenever I I mentioned the stars and you know the stars. I love when you do that. Yeah, I, I love you know how they lay it out because like five stars is like all blue, which means it's like the biggest. So it actually means you're getting pills, right? Like it actually does. It's all mean you're pills, pills right there. Yeah, hundred percent. There you go. So you Life's know flowing. I'm going for it. Going for it, man. I mean, this is like risk or reward. This could win me this week or it could absolutely lose it. So sometimes in fantasy. You got to take the gamble, even if you don't know. And it's like a few days out. But I reckon there's a good chance he'll play. I reckon there's a good chance he'll do well as well. So, Devon HM, welcome to the squad. Not a wrap it. The QB I was surprised no one took and I was looking at was just Jared Goff again. Because he's at at home (laughs) against the Bears. I was like, it feels too hard to, to almost pass up. But, like, I obviously went Kyler with that sort of stack of Trey McBride, but one thing I started like realizing too is because it's the standard scoring, if you can actually have someone that could maybe rush a touchdown in, it actually makes a massive difference. And it almost feels like it's always pocket passes. I'm actually having to look at this in this segment and I feel like I'm yeah. constantly like hoping for four point touchdowns. And then I thought, if I've got Kyler there and he's back and he's running, he's actually a chance of getting some six-pointers by rushing some touchdowns in. So I kind of almost thought that was gave me a little bit of a boost too. So that sort of factored into me taking Kyler over him. But interesting. I, think Jared Goff, I think Jared Goff at home, he's the best, can have a great game again. Kind of interesting in that respect too that um, he hasn't scored a rushing touchdown this year, but I kind of think this is one of those weeks where maybe that's something that is in Travis' yeah. bag as well. So, you know, it's just it's in my mind as well. It's just kind of funny that you mentioned yeah. that. I didn't. I wasn't going to say it because I'm like, eh, this is something I'm thinking about. Maybe these boys aren't thinking about. It. But once you say it, I'm like, okay, I better probably fess up that I'm thinking these things too. Uh, I'm kind of looking at my team now too, just going, uh, should I really have Ford and Njoku on a Browns team, which are going to, you know, potentially have a different looking offense this week, considering the the big changes that happen when you lose a, a franchise quarterback. But um, riding the lightning, fellas, riding the lightning. Taylor's <laughs> team is Kyler Singletary playing like Double Terry. Uh, of course, Cortland Sutton and uh, Trey McBride, who's completing that stack with Kyle at the idea there that um, the stack thing, I don't know that we explain this terribly often. For those who are sort of, you know, new to this or uh, or just haven't heard us use this terminology, the stack is where you take a player who will also pass a touchdown to a player you own that can receive it. So then it's the one touchdown, but you score it twice and you get all the yardage twice. And yeah, so it's just a way of doubling down on one statistical event and getting getting it twice. 
Um, that is what stacking is. And uh, apparently I'm waiting for David and Joku to pass Jerome Ford a touchdown. That's that's what we're looking for here with my stack. Great stack. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I've had tight ends pass touchdowns before. It's okay. Trust the process. <laughs> uh, my team, of course, Trevor Jerome Ford. Of course, I've got Tyler Boyd in there as my wide receiver. David and Joku at the end. And uh, and Manjot's team, he picked a one. He had Sam Howe, Devin A. Uh, oh, sorry, we... we He's been out of the, the league since week five. So it's Devin. Uh, Devon A-Chan. Uh, oh, Devon I'm, I'm out. Okay, that guy. It's that guy. I need to repopulate this into my brain again because we haven't said it since week five when he died. Uh, Noah Brown, who's just all of a sudden um, looking like a real star over at Houston. I'm keen for Jig, though. Come on, bring on some Jig. Jigonometry. Let's see oh, it. That might be one of my worst picks or the best. It's just like a floor play, honestly. Like, that was the only reason I, I didn't expect I did that it. name, I'll be honest. It was, a, it, was a, it was a nice name to hear. Obviously, I've been a Titans fan, but yeah, I didn't expect it. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, Sigma's been a bit low on Titans, hasn't it? It's a nice moment. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, what place did I come when I had Bryce Young? Was that like third place I had I when think I so. had Bryce I Young. I think it was the only I reason like a, I stuck yeah. second a couple of weeks ago because Bryce Young was so yeah. shit. I'm pretty sure because he threw yeah. like that second interception and then it dropped you just below me. Yeah, I had Bryce Young and someone else who was like 10% started. And like this week right now, as of recording time, like Devon Achan and Chig are both in like the under 20% started as well. So... <laughs> Yeah, this is the second time all year I'm doing the under twenty percent started thing. And it's it's either brave or stupid, and it's, the yeah. scoreboard will tell us. <laughs> I actually like your theory though, because if you're last, you really want to start trying to win. It's like if you're going to get last, you might as well just take shots. If you get, what's the worst that can yeah. happen? You get the one point each week. But HN is actually like the perfect guy to do that because he really is a moonshot. Like he could seriously come out and just look awesome again against a terrible run day and just dominate and score 40 odd points and you'd just be laughing. Or if he just comes out and he gets no work and it's his first game back and they ease him in, it's like, oh, well, I'm, I might get last yeah. again. It's like, it's, you got to sort of take those shots, especially like it's almost similar if you're in a league and you're sitting there, you know, four and six or something like that. And you and the person that's in the last playoff spot sitting there two wins ahead of you, you have to start taking moonshots. Like you really need to actually be pushing to get those wins instead of just because like what's if if you take big shots like that and you end up buddy finishing your year, you know, three and eleven or three and twelve or whatever, who cares? Like you might as well you'd be feeling better, at least you had a, a shot at trying to make the playoffs. Hundred percent. Uh Tay, vinegar strokes, five and five. What the fuck is going on, mate? I'll, I'll be honest, like with looking at what's happened with my team with some underperforming guys, I kind of almost feel like five and five is fine. Like it's, I was looking at Devontae Adams and Tony Pollard, who have been two of the probably most disappointing fantasy players for anyone where they drafted this year. And I'm looking at it going, look, five and five, I feel like it actually could have been worse. Um, there's definitely been some weeks where I'd won some like lower scoring games. Like if I had the luck. We know, we've, we've talked famously about uh, when we, the first year that we did this podcast, Maddie, and I had the most ridiculous, really bad luck. It was the best. It, basically, every league I was in. Like, what, this, honestly, for anyone out there that's like doing fantasy for either the first time or if they're having the worst year ever and they think they're going to give up next year, I <laughs> podcast the first year we did this, I think I was in six leagues 
total. So I've obviously bumped that number up a lot since then. But I was in six leagues, and I think four of them I started 0-5. Four of them. Like, it was insane. Yeah, you're a combined five and 30 or something. It was just ridiculous. it was absurd. Like, I could not win, like, to save my ass, like, in any league. Like, there were two leagues. I think I was, like, three and two, which was, like, fine. But outside of that, I was 0-5 and and four. I just could not win. And Astro was just, like, it was laughable. Like, I was putting out, like, what everyone thought was the best roster in the league, and I just couldn't. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. Your roster looked great. So... Sorry, to take it back to what I was talking about, if I had anywhere near as bad a luck like I was having that year where I was just constantly getting people like scoring 110 plus on me and things like that, I'd be in a lot worse position than I am now. I like My team doesn't deserve to have more than five wins. It's just been honestly scoring like mid-90s, it feels, every single week. Uh, so I'm hoping that I've got myself in a position. I made a big trade this week. Uh, I t- uh, traded for Tyreek Hill. Um, so obviously went after like the biggest name in fantasy. So got that done, uh, traded two assets, obviously, that have been underperforming. And I'm hoping that's the sort of push I need to uh, try and go for a three-peat. And hopefully that all starts next week because you're facing the <laughs> second place, the highest scoring team in the league, the, the very feared Pastry State University Lions run by none other than Manjot Melly over here who's just been a dynamo this year uh, organising his team and then setting our lineups and uh, he was instrumental in the way we've drafted. And, uh, mate, we are riding the lightning after a disappointing 4-10 and 10 last year to to already have seven wins uh, and about to have an eighth. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I cannot wait, man. It's, good. it's probably the game of the week in Astro League. I, I know there's probably some other matchups, but let's be honest, boys. No one cares about any of the other matchups in the Astro <laughs> League this week. This is the matchup. Deep. It really is. Just having a look across the league too. There's plenty of you know good old uh, rivalries against guys across the league, which is fine. But in terms of implications, this would push Tay below 500 three yep. weeks before the playoffs start. And this is the last week of the way our league is structured. This is the last week of outside of your division play. So then what happens is you have to win your division to make the playoffs in this league, right? There are yep. some wildcard spots, but... If you're a 500 team at this time of year, wildcard might be a dream. You have to win your division. You actually have to win your division. And it means that one other team in your division is also winning every week. And you've got no fucking control over where that win goes. I had to do this exact same thing last year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah I did. That's, I, I, I winning that's what I'm worried. You're four and six at this point last year too. It was just yeah. absurd. I had that's to, what I'm worried. I had to win my last three games and then hope that uh, that basically like three other results went my way during those three weeks to even get in, like to sneak the sixth seed to, and yeah. then obviously had to win three. So I basically won six games in a row to, to win the title. Like it was insane. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's just bananas when there's the situation that you get yourself into and then it just shows again. It doesn't actually matter what your form is like um, over a stretch of time because it is it is a weekly game and you can only do what you've got to do and try and beat the team in front of you each week and that's where this comes in handy is because we look at things in a very granular and weekly way yeah we still want to talk about the trends over a season or we want to talk about how players have performed over a stretch of time but every week we look at things in a very siloed way of what's going to help you win this week and i think i think that's really the benefit of what we do on the show and what sets us apart in the market especially in australian produced content absolutely All right. <laughs> Have a yeah. super week, fellas, and I'll catch you next week. Hooroo. 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 
This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. I mean, there was like an elephant in the room, right? Without Taylor there. Well, it was a fucking big elephant, I must say. He came and checked and, um, you know, gave me some penis pills and I was ready to go. Aussie? No foreskin here, of course. You know, no, no foreskin. <laughs> I don't know where the hell he's come from, but he's just absolutely taking the NFL by storm. NFL? I'm sure I'll be back in a minute. If I'm not, it means I'll probably be anally probe. I feel like I have to see that before I die. I think you needed uh, Olivia Benson from the S. <laughs> on speed dial because I think you were entered without your consent. Fantasy. Thank you so much for imparting so much wisdom and uh, I'll put my pants back on now. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. And look, the, <laughs> you're talking about penis pills and that could be a better segue. Uh, oh, if you try. Fuck out. Uh, <laughs> Hawkwatch needs to come back. <laughs>